Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 53, the second one of 2021. This is Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. I'm Jordan Prince. Right over there on the other side of this microphone is Moritz Batscheider. Hello, hello. If you've never heard the show before, hello, hello. There's a little bit of a delay between us, so I'm going to try my best not to talk over you. Um, but this is, uh, if you've never heard the show before, um, basically this is, um, you know, we try to be funny, but basically it's a semi-informative show about creatives who have, uh, moved abroad. <laughs> semi-informative. And, uh, you know, <laughs> semi-informative. <laughs> and, you know, I was actually, I was thinking about the, um, I was thinking about the origin, the genesis, or as Donald Trump says it, the oranges of this show, and I was thinking about how it really boils down to, you know, we were in, um, we were in Brighton playing this concert together. And I remember I, I was having this idea at home, of, of, you know, I really wanted to do a podcast and I always thought about, well, you know, how can I connect with more people who share a similar story with my own, which is that, you know, I'm a creative person, a musician, and I moved to a different country with a different culture and a different language and, and, you know, the trials and tribulations that I've, you know, uh, gone through and yeah. the obstacles that I've overcome or, or not overcome and, you know, who can, who can connect with that. And then, you know, very thankfully, you know, we were already friends and you were working at the station. I just thought about the whole, the whole thing a few days ago. It just kind of was a cool, it's nice to, to relive that because it's really nice that it ended up being what it is now, which is, Episode fifty-three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it's been, it's been a wild run. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and actually, you know, the for the first episode last week, I mean, right now, I have to assume that you are just insanely busy because there was all these things on the last episode that we wanted to talk about with, you know, the new guests that we want to get in, and and you know, and doing some some new updates for the for the new listeners and things like that. But I mean, even I, you know, I'm, it's very easy for that sort of thing to slip my mind, but I know that it's not so easy for it to slip your mind, but you are so busy. It seems like right now, you know, like how soon after the, after the new year, Christmas holiday break, would you say that you just got slammed again with, uh, with the, with the busy days? Mm, I mean, I didn't really have that break, actually. So it was, there it were, were like little gaps. So it was always like, busy. Like, <laughs> like two days of Christmas, having a break, then a packed day of work, and then maybe another day of work and another day off. So it wasn't really a break. It was some some nice um, uh, free days, and I don't know, and I don't. Mostly I don't realize that I am that busy until I go to bed at night because um, it it builds up somehow. It's not like a day like today is not like that I wake up in the morning and I know it's going to be a super busy day because I got this and that and that. Uh, like today I stood up, um, went to work and worked on one thing and then the next thing's come in like ah we need to do this by noon because of that 
and then something mm-hmm. doesn't work, and then you need to do this by three, and so it it, it builds up and builds up, and um, <laughs> now I'm sitting here, and this is kind of the <laughs> this is kind of my 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 um, extended lunch break today, having this conversation with you. So crazy, man. That's that's. I'm almost jealous in a way because I've been so absent of this kind of schedule for so long. And I think, you know, it's, there's this feeling you get when you, when you really pound away at your work that you enjoy the whole day that I kind of miss. It's it's almost like a high, you know, there's these certain days where you get up and maybe, you know, let's just do an example. Maybe you get up early and, you know, you choose to either do some, some, some sports or you, you know, you stretch or meditation, or you just have a coffee with like your book or something just first thing in the morning. But then right off the bat, you're, you know, doing, uh, sending emails or doing an interview or you're running to an office, you're editing something, someone's calling you, you get picked up for a new small job that's like a side hustle. And you can, you think, oh, I can do that at four o'clock before I have this meeting at 530. And then the day is just gone. And you realize that you barely ate and it's 10 PM and you're exhausted, but you've been so productive that your brain just feel so healthy and alive and like juicy and flowing. And I love that. It's, it's like, there's no, there's no substance that can achieve that same kind of this productivity high is so addictive, you know? Yeah. It's really amazing. To to be honest, that's not what I, what I, what I feel right now. I'll get to that in a second, but I, I totally know what you, what you mean. And I'm, um, still super happy with that, and I I had a lot of weeks in in twenty twenty that were super busy, and I worked maybe not the, the the forty hours I should, but rather sixty or something. But I never really felt that stress because so many things I do for a living at the moment are things I did earlier for no money, <laughs> and are things that I love. <laughs> so um, I don't really feel, feel feel that stress, but I I do feel stressed on de- days like like this. Where you have a super busy day, but it's it feels like a big waste of time because you have to do so many things that um, that keep you away from doing the the work. Not only the stuff you want to do, but the, the stuff you really should do. Ide- ideally, it is the stuff you want to do, but so many little things that keep you away from that, but are um, kind of urgent, and you have to do them right now. Um, mm-hmm. especially in, in like, in, like in media, the last thing I did, because this is the reason why we, we delayed our little, uh, recording here, which listeners won't notice because this show comes out um, on Thursday and it's not the live show <laughs> is that, um, one colleague, um, is live broadcasting at the moment and his equipment, um, broke down and I, and I had to help him and things like this, um, sometimes make a day busy and th- those are the days when when I feel stressed when I feel um like like taken away from the work I should do and but spend a, yeah. a long day with stuff that just kind of annoys you in and I mean there's always stuff that annoys you at, at work but but like stuff that that pops up needs your needs your yeah. um like your your attention um, yeah, but y- you don't get anything out of it. 
at the end of the day, you don't see, okay, today I did this, I'm happy that I could finish this project and I don't know, edited uh, a video or, or, or whatever, or built something, no, no matter what you do. But those little kind of things, okay, you have to have a little phone call for this here, then are in the organization of this project. Um, someone's behind, mm-hmm. can you call him and, and, and kind of kind of clear out what, what's the problem there and stuff like this. And then I'm, you're sitting at home, like now it's 8.30 p.m. And I feel like I did nothing today, but still had a yeah. r- really busy day. And that, that's the, the kind of busy days that, yeah. that suck. I know exactly what you mean. I think when you fill your whole day up with productivity in the fields that you enjoy and like creating something and fulfilling something and maybe giving something else, something to someone else that makes them feel good. And, you know, you get this, if, if that sort of day leads to a productivity high, then I think days like the one you're having, which I know super well, where you're just doing these, just dealing with all these repairs and nuance, like uh, not nuances, uh, nuisances. When you're dealing with all these tiny little, you know, these little, um, like this little mice problem, you know, like this little rat yeah. problem on the floor. And it's just like, oh, I got to do that. I got to put the traps out. I got to put the spray out. And like you end up spending the whole day just repairing and dealing with these little nuisances then, you know, you have done something the whole day, but it, I think it, instead of feeling like a productivity high, it feels more like this, I don't know, th- like this head throbbing hangover where you just, you're tired yeah. and you got to, your, your head hurts and you're kind of exhausted and you feel bad. Like you don't feel good because you, you just had to deal with like crap the whole day and it wasn't, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I think that's kind of this big, I think a lot of people feel that way probably in working in, in any field. But, um, oh, just before I forget, um, just because we're just shy of 10 minutes into this recording, what I didn't do on the last episode of the, the first one of the new year that I did want to do, but (laughs) I still waited too long was, uh, just for those who are just, just jumping in the show, I I actually started that thought and then I, then I branched off, uh, which if you listen enough, you'll know that's kind of my thing, um, (laughs) is that if you enjoy the show, um, please go to to wherever you listen to the podcast. If it's iTunes, uh, for example, you can go there, give us a rating or a review or a comment, and it really helps new listeners find the show. It really helps us a lot. It makes it so much easier for new people to find content like this. And if you like it, then I think you know, you'll have some friends or some family who might also like it. And that really helps uh, boost our, our listeners. Um, and also, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash Jordan Prince. And for as low as $3 a month, you can support us towards saving up for new gear, maybe giving us some food. And eventually what I'd like to do once we have enough listeners is to put that money uh, once it, you know, gets to a certain amount to maybe getting some merchandise. I'd love to have some artsy fartsy shirts, some tote bags, some hats, and that can all be made possible with your support. Now I've gotten that out of the way. I forgot it last episode, but didn't want to forget it this time. Um, but I had an interesting conversation today. Uh, so I was friends with this girl back in college and we were really close for a while, and then we weren't so close towards the end of my time in New Orleans. Not for any specific reason. We just, you know, had different friend groups after a while, and just our, our personalities were starting to change. And um, she was really cool. She was a musician. She's from New York. I actually drove up from New Orleans to New York to visit her her house once. Ah, you told that me that really story. Cool road trip. Yeah. yeah, that was super fun. Um and surprisingly enough, I remembered that she had this younger sister. So the girl I'm talking about is is my age. She's around 29 or 30. And her sister must be, 
I would say 22 or 23. And she's just getting out of university now. And I didn't know her so well. I only met her maybe twice, maybe three times, you know, her, her visiting to New Orleans or whenever we, whenever we went to New York. Um, and her name is Emma and she's very nice. Um, I didn't, didn't really get too much about what she's interested in or what she studies or anything, but she wrote me today on Instagram, which was, um, kind of surprising and it's, and it's actually kind of sweet. So she is, uh, still living in New York. She's finishing school. She's an artist. She's a painter. And she was asking me today about, um, moving to Germany which is kind of cool because she could end up being a new artsy fartsy immigrant in a sense. And so we talked a bit and she said that she already has um, like an EU pass because her mom is from Holland, mm-hmm. which I, I didn't even, I think I didn't even know that or I forgot it. So that's cool. She already has citizenship. And I told her that's already, you know, that's more than half the battle right there. <laughs> Just getting that done. And she you know, she, she's really interested in going to a city that can help her flourish and help her spread her wings. And, you know, she's post-college. She wants to go travel abroad and meet interesting people and kind of uh, broaden her horizons and stuff like that. And so she was debating between maybe going to Amsterdam or going to Berlin. And I knew, I knew, obviously more about Berlin. I even talked about Hamburg with her a bit because I've talked about it on the show before, but I I really like the city. And I had, you know, only so much information I could give her, but, you know, at the end, I really couldn't decide, you know, um, if I was moving to Europe for an indefinite amount of time without having something tethering me to a specific city, as in my case... I wonder where I would have gone. I wonder what I would have decided to do. Do you have anything in mind? And, well, I, you know, I wonder um, if I was coming, since I was coming from New Orleans, I think if I just chose to go abroad and I had no rhyme or reason to go to any particular city, but I could just choose. I think when you're coming from America, the most likely three cities that you're going to go to would be Amsterdam, Berlin, or Paris. I think that's the most, like the three most popular or most common visited cities from Americans who want to, I mean, it, it also depends no. what kind of people they are. If, it's mostly creative people, no. like artists. If they want to travel somewhere, they're probably going to go to Amsterdam or Berlin. And I think, I think if I was really choosing to go, I probably... I might've chosen Amsterdam because I didn't think much about Germany at all, you know, and probably if I would have visited Berlin, I would have stayed there because I remember visiting there, knowing nothing about it and really, really liking it. Um, and of course now I've been there a lot and it's still a great, still a great place and lots to explore. But I, I wondered about that because obviously I don't think that Munich would have been my very first choice. But, you know, obviously there's uh, reasons why I'm here, but I think that, yeah, she had me, she got me thinking. I thought, you know, that's such an exciting time to be, you know, early twenties, finishing school, 
you know, having a European citizenship, you can just go anywhere and live there if you want. And that's kind of exciting. And I wondered too, like, maybe I would have gone to Amsterdam or, or, or Berlin or Paris. And then, you know, I was wondering about you as well as a, as a German, um, let's say you had, you know, so let's say you were half American or something and you had the capability to go and move somewhere into the States. What are like three realistic cities that you would have chosen right out of school to, let's say, live for a year or something? Did you ever have dreams about like, I mean, everyone thinks about New York or LA or something. Did you have like a couple of cities in mind that you really fantasized about? Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, but before we get to that, because um, if I had to... Oh, you had me on the edge of my seat for uh, a second there. You're like, yeah, it's... No, no, bef but before we do that. <laughs> before, um, because if I had to recommend a place to go to, if you come to Europe, obviously it's from yeah. a European point of view, but two cities I would highly recommend are um, the cities in Europe, which I find... But I, um, I got to admit, I've never been to Amsterdam. But the the same the 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 two cities that um, that stunned me the most are definitely Rome and Lisbon. Lisbon, that's yeah. interesting. Rome makes a lot of sense. Lisbon, I I I love I've Lisbon. Been there. It's amazing. It's so what 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 draws you in so much to Lisbon? Mm, so um, maybe it it was a kind of a. Um, uh, kind of a, a first time stunner because it was also my first um, like real um, connection to to Portuguese language and culture etc. Um, I've I've um, I've never experienced that before, and mm -hmm. um, it is so 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 the the architecture is one big point, but in general this whole I don't know. This 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 whole this whole vibe between mm, you have those those kind of European Mediterranean aspects like you have in other cities like in in Rome or Nice or or Naples or I don't know Barcelona, but it's but you still have more like Northern European influence and it's it's a bit rougher maybe because of the you got this huge Atlantic Ocean right at the um, right in front of you. And I love the yeah. food. I love the, um, I love the culture. I love a, a lot of, of 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 more traditional music there. Um, like like, have you been to a what's what's the, the 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 genre called fado? Is it called fado? We went to have a traditional to, one. We had a restaurant once. Um, mm -hmm. And. I know. I I really be, and what I loved is it's it's a city that does not. Or as I experienced it, at least, um, and I've only been there once. It is not like it has this one attraction and this one like stamp on it. Okay, people go there because of X. Just like okay, Munich Oktoberfest right. beer, meat, um, Tracht, Lederhosen. New Orleans, New Orleans is Mardi Gras. Yeah, exactly. Like that. And as I experienced it, Lisbon doesn't really have that, and. But it's kind of a, for me, and if either Guy or Basti are listening, um, 
or we could get one of them on the show again. Um, you get a complete this, but for me, Lisbon is a is like a city of understatement. Like it's not like okay, the city of Lisbon known for this and that and that. This, but when you go there, it mm-hmm. totally stands you. Without those, I don't know, without an Eiffel Tower or a um, <laughs> or a London Bridge or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I really love, and I really love the that it's by the sea, etc. And on the other hand, like um, like Rome is the total opposite. Like Rome is a city of of overstatement, like the eternal city. <laughs> Yeah, like like incredible. buildings <laughs> and places that would be the the highlight for tourists in any other city, the absolute highlight you find on every block, on every corner. <laughs> and it's like yeah. um it's like humongous what 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 is in the city and its history and um yeah. And I really love love those two cities. So I, I think I would recommend either one of them. But um, yeah, Berlin, Amsterdam are, are pretty standard. If you, I don't know, if she, so she's from New York or is she from from New Orleans? No, no, she's from New York. Okay. Because you still, I th- but I was actually, I was, yeah. Go ahead. No, I think um, like in Europe, you could you could make that that big difference between okay, do you want to go to a place? Um, um, like more to a Mediterranean place or to a, like more um, northern European place. Like you could make a big difference there and kind of right. Um, That's true. There's a lot of variety in the atmosphere that she could choose between. If she's like, if she wants to stay like a big city girl, yeah. then yeah, perhaps Berlin is the right place. Um, but actually, I was curious about your answers. Yeah. I did. Let's I really didn't expect Lisbon. It's uh, so, yeah. A, yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, interesting, cool place for sure. And w- since we interviewed Guy and Basti, and since visiting myself, I definitely learned a lot more about it than I ever would have known had I just gone there. But um, I was surprised that you, being such a big fan of the UK, didn't choose anything in the UK. You didn't choose London or Liverpool or Manchester or something like that. Or Brighton. Um, yeah, I really love Brighton, but uh, y- you also got to take into account that our trip to Brighton, which we <laughs> uh, mention so often, <laughs> has been my only trip to the UK. Oh right! So I've I've never been to London right. or Liverpool or Manchester. Um, right. Yeah, I've only seen London otherwise, but I think you. Yeah, that seems like something that would have fit you so so well. I mean, especially given like your obsession with, uh, with Eng- like your healthy obsession with English bands. No. Yeah. I think I would, I would also find a, find a nice place for myself in the UK, but, um, like this, this big label top cities to go to in Europe. I don't know, like Lisbon and Rome are the, 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 the first two that, that pop up in my mind because I was so flesh. But do you, do you mean like, do you mean like to, to live indefinitely or like these are cities that she just definitely needs to see? At some point, mm, I would say to to live in indefinitely, yeah. Because I could see that for Lisbon. I mean, obviously, we learned yeah. about Bastien Guy's time there and stuff. But for some reason, when I visited Rome, I could only picture it as as a city for for uh, purely for tourism because it's so extravagant. Yeah, you know, it's like you said. Every time that we took a corner. We, you know, we'd see some, you know, I don't know how old, you know, thousand year old 
you know, magnificent fountain that just stands over you and it's just dripping in history and, and, and fantasy and legend and whatever. And you're just blown away. And then you, you say, Oh, that was great. And then you walk one block, turn a corner and it's just another huge, overwhelming historical beauty. And for me, to be fair, I was only there for a few days and that was the only stuff that I was just getting blasted with was just this crazy, beautiful architecture and statues and stuff and art. And I just couldn't picture it in my head as like a place where I could move to make a living. But then again, did I really see that from Munich? I don't know. Mm. You know, would I have seen that otherwise? You know, maybe maybe you just have to live there to see. Yeah, that was that was kind of my advantage because I have been to Rome several times because my girlfriend spent her um, at university her, her semester abroad there, and right. um, and I was there several times. The first time I I went, I was there for like eight days or something. And on the first three or four, we did the obvious tourist stuff that you got to do and the stuff you got to see. Um, and she found um, a lot of friends pretty, pretty quick, and um, and some some locals, because if you go there on a semester abroad on, on these on these university programs, you will always find a lot of people that are also not from this place, but like people from Amsterdam or from Paris that also go to Rome for their semester abroad or something. But also mm-hmm. got attention to, to some to some locals, and I was so surprised how how easy it was then um, to 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 take a step over that border from like tourism Rome to um, to like the the <laughs> Rome Rome <laughs> like the the Rome people actually live in all year and um, people go to restaurants and to bars and to to (coughs) concerts or whatever. Um, And that was amazing. And I realized that I really um, love and like this, um, like this Rome as well. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean... Yeah, I guess it makes it it's a much bigger difference, I think, right? When you know someone who's yeah. living there, and then you can see the roots and how everything. Yeah, and, it's, and, and I think that, that that's something that um, Rome and Munich have in common, and and in in Munich, I really struggled. That's something I I found much easier in in Rome to get a connection to the people there, to cool spots there, etc. Like I like I told you a few times, I hated my first year in Munich because I wasn't getting over that point. Like, right. okay, you see the stuff everybody sees, but you don't find your your own spot as someone who lives in this city and um, like his own scene, yeah. etc. And that really took me a while, and um, and I've, I I have found it, and I'm super happy. And and now I love Munich, and I, I I love to live here. And in Rome, it fascinated me because it it had the same kind of kind of symptoms for being a, a similar city, but it was it was yeah. much easier to get in to. Yeah, like into 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 local scene, no no matter what you like, and that's why I I really really love Rome. I think with uh, like with Munich, I completely feel at home, same as you. But I sometimes feel like I'm still hunting for this place in it that is mine. If that makes sense, you know, like I feel comfortable in my neighborhood. I love taking walks, you know, by the river and I have 
grown very accustomed to the way things work and the behavior and the culture and for the most part getting around with with my minimal understanding of the language and there's like a flow to the city that I have become accustomed to. If you imagine like moving here and it's a different species of fish and they swim in a very different pattern than the fish that you're used to, I can now swim in that pattern with those fish and and fit in. But there's still this, um, sticking with the fish uh, metaphor here, there's still like this specific kind of like patch of coral that I haven't discovered to say like, ah, now this is my spot in my city. And this is like where I'm always happy to go in the summertime and stuff. Of course, I'm really around the river a lot, but it still doesn't really feel like, like an author or a poet would write like, oh, my river, you know, or something, or, there's a few bars that I enjoy going to mm. and you know, to be fair, this, this feeling I have right now could also just be emphasized because of my lack of social encounters since, since Corona, but there's always a few bars I enjoyed a few venues that I enjoyed. And, but there's always just a few moments where I felt this kind of ah, like home, this is my city kind of thing. They did. Those just came and went in very small waves socially, but I never had this, you know, in New Orleans, I don't know. There's just certain streets, certain cafes, especially cafes where I just had this feeling of I'm in my, I'm in my element here, you know, and you feel comfortable and you, you recognize people walking in the door and maybe someone stops there for a cup of coffee before they go to the movies. And I don't know, it just feels very communal and welcomed and, when I think about Munich, I I do feel that I fit in, but I haven't found that special piece of coral yet, you know? What is your special piece of coral, if I can ask? In Munich? Yeah. Um, I mean, so... The Vimma. <laughs> the what? The Vimma. The bakery. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's like yeah, it's it's like I got. I, I would say I got. I got a, I got a lot of um, places um, where I where I get this feeling. You know, like I also don't have this 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 one place in this city where I say okay, when I'm I'm always there or when I'm there, then I really feel at home but there are, there are a few of them like um like in in front of when you when you go out my out my 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 door you have to 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 pass through this one house to get to the to the to the uban you know and on mm-hmm. the right side there are those two tiny bars the super tiny bars um like working class bars super um super simple um setup um, kind of dirty, kind of like older I've never, people and I've outside. Never, and I've never been to 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 one of them, but every time. So now they're closed, obviously. But every time I pass there, when I get home from work or when I get home from, I don't know, me being at a bar or something, um, and I see the, the 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 people out there talking about their issues at their, I don't know, at their work or mostly about their their football club or whatever. Um, that's 
that's one of the things then um one place I really really enjoy is um I told you about it. we got to go there next summer Lucy this one um little lake which is not that far away from me it's out of the city but like I don't know five kilometers from here um and I have this with a I don't know I I think when I when I first came here it was and I, when I lived in Lyme for the first two years it has been this one bar at Lima Platz because I've always been there and I started to I don't know to um to to grow my 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 social circles as well as my circles were of places where I would go to and everybody I would um I would see I would bring there for for um for lunch or for a few beers or whatever I would go there with everybody my parents were visiting I went to this place with them I went there I don't know twice a week with my with my um with my ex-girlfriend any friend who visited me I went to this place so I had that there but then um it grew and grew and grew and now um sometimes when I actively think about it when I um ride home from work with the scooter and um because I'm not allowed to I don't I I, I don't um ride over Mittler Ring but th- through through the city and um mm-hmm. sometimes when I when I think about it have a good good song in my ear um I ride home and it's like 10 kilometers um <clears throat> through the whole city and at every red light I stop and look around and think like ah yeah this place is connected to this memory and nice things happened there. Ooh, I haven't been to th- that bar in a long time, but I know those people. I gotta, um, gotta get, um, back there some, some time. What about going there to- tomorrow night or, or something? And that's what I, and that's when I, I had that for the first time, I realized, okay, now I really feel at home in this city because it's not only that one place but i yeah. i can walk through the city and I, I and i see a lot of those places it's like your path yeah like you reckon you you feel you feel kind of at home with yeah. your path and the things you see and the people you see on that way yeah. and stuff that makes sense yeah that's really cool i wonder where she'll where this where emma where this girl will go and i told her that if she goes to berlin that she should um she can write me if she has questions. We have some friends there and stuff that can help her help her set up. But that's it's kind of exciting, you know, to think about someone moving abroad for the first time and everything's kind of fresh. No, I think I might encourage her if she has the money, if she has the time, to do um, kind of a Europe trip before she settles in a city. When I first came to Europe in 2013, it was just for a vacation, like a month long vacation. I think it was a month and I just did a Europe trip and I saw all of central Europe and it was so exciting and super cool. And I saw all these great beaches and great cities and I had all these experiences and, um, where was this? Um, I can't believe I can't remember the name of this city right now in Spain, not Madrid, but Barcelona, Barcelona. Ah, I was saying Berlin so much that I just no. couldn't get Barcelona in my head. Um, but all these great experiences like yeah, in Barcelona and, you know, in Innsbruck and Munich and Berlin and Vienna's uh, a great Italy city as well. Vienna's a great Prague city. Prague is also cool. a super cool city. 
That's right. Yeah, Prague is really cool. I like Prague. Prague is great because you can get you can stay at like a five star hotel for a pretty affordable price. <laughs> yeah, you know it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's wild. I was yeah I was just thinking about that. Um, Stockholm, oh. Oslo as well. You know I've never gone I've never gone uh, north. I've never been north of uh, yeah Hamburg. Okay, you should definitely Hamburg. You should definitely do a, a kind of a Scandinavia trip once. Oh, like I would Denmark, love to. Sweden, Norway. Maybe if you can make it, Finland. But um, it's it's so great. I really I really love the the, the north. But oh, yeah, man. you. I would yeah, I would love to see Sweden. You were originally asking me um, if I had to 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 choose to go to a city. Ah, the, the US. American cities. Yes. Yeah. Right. <sighs> like you want three. Well, if you have three, it doesn't have to be three. No, okay. But I gave you three. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I think I, I have three. Um, mm. Wait, let me guess. Let me guess. Okay. I'm going to guess, is one of them New York City? Actually not. Okay. Oh, shit. Um, okay. Is one of them New Orleans? Yes. Because of all the great okay. stuff I've okay. heard about it. <laughs> it's got to be the list. That's fair. I would be, dis- I would be disappointed if it wasn't. <laughs> New Orleans. Okay. Um, I'm going to guess... I'm going to guess Austin, Texas? No. No. Okay. Never I got one more that. try. Can I give one more try here? Is one of them... Is one of them Portland, Oregon? I thought about Portland, but it it it, it didn't make the list. Just missed it. Just missed it. Okay. Okay. So New Orleans and... New Orleans, um, Boston... And Seattle. Oh, I was sitting here thinking, okay, it's either Portland or Seattle. <laughs> Portland or Seattle. And I just went with Portland. Oh, man. Yeah, Seattle. Uh, totally. Great city. Great city. Have you been there? Sadly, no. But I love it. I love the the culture and, and the lore of it, you know? We never talked about um, that. What, 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 what of the US have you never seen in your life? Like, like things... You would think as an American, you, you would have seen, but you, you did not. Just like me being from Europe, not having seen Amsterdam, Paris, and London. Well, it's kind of a bummer because I've really just never explored the West Coast. I've, okay. been, all up and down the, I've been all up and down the East Coast, all of the, southern, all of the southern states, and a bit of the middle. <laughs> but... I sadly have never been to um, Las Vegas, which is ridiculous <laughs> because my brother lived there for like two or three years. He lived and I there. Just never got. He lived in Las Vegas. He had a job there. He lived there for like two or three years. They just moved to Salt Lake City, Utah, and I really hope that I get to stay there before they move back to Tennessee. Um, didn't get to see that. Never saw the Rocky Mountains. Have not seen the Grand Canyon, and probably my biggest disappointment is that I've never been far enough west to travel up through California all the way to, to Portland, for example, or my next uh, big vacation dream is to go to Mexico as well. So I've never, never been on the west at all, sadly. Okay. But every, but everything up and down the east, like the Carolinas, Pennsylvania, uh, New York, New Jersey, all that side, um, of course, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Arkansas. But just like I did with Europe, what what would be two or three cities that you would um, definitely rec- recommend within the U.S.? 
Oh, so if we if we thought like Emma's from if Emma is like from Berlin and she wants to yeah. go to places. Oh, that's a great question. Well, obviously New Orleans. Um, and then you know I might go with Austin. Okay, Austin is like a a really. It's a very, very, very cool city, and it's been kind of on the up and coming in terms of hipness and culture and availability and stuff for like 10 or 15 years. It's just gotten more and more cool, and more and more people go there. You know Joe Rogan moved there. He does a show out of Austin now. Okay. And that's really cool. So like basically mid-corona, a lot of a lot of people moved out of L.A., understandably and uh those who could afford to do it and everything and joe rogan moved his whole show over to austin now uh when they changed over to spotify okay they did that but austin you know a lot of a lot of great bands are from austin like white denim and they have their studio there and uh there's a lot of great venues and austin is, is a lot like you would imagine Portland or Seattle or Brooklyn in the way that everything is, you know, you have all these options. Everyone's very woke. There's a lot of like, you know, vegan muffin places and stuff they make fun (laughs) of. And, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) it's just that kind of city. And I think I could really, I could really dig that kind of city. I could really, could really, really vibe with that kind of city. Um, and then it'd be really hard because the thing is, I don't want to recommend another city that's similar to that because probably if you combined parts of New Orleans and parts of Austin, you would get resemblances in cities like Portland and Seattle and Brooklyn. So I think you would get kind of what you need out of those places. It's just a different, different climate. So if I had to choose a third, Hmm, I'm trying to think of like, what's a cool city that is kind of underrated Oh, you know what? I would choose Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah? Nashville, Tennessee is such an underrated city. It's so cool, man. Nashville is so cool. I know a few bands, like my friend Thomas has a band. Shout out to Thomas. His band is called Hard Have a Rad Day. (laughs) They moved from Oxford, Mississippi to Nashville, I think about two years ago. And then another band from New Orleans called Stoop Kids, which is actually a band name that I had in high school. Um, They moved from New Orleans to Nashville. And of course, you know, my brother lived there for a long time and I visited there with with my ex-girlfriend and we had this amazing trip and saw all these cool things. And the, you know, the musical history and the country rock and the record labels and the artists that have come out of there. And it's a very clean, very cool city. A lot of things to do. Not the biggest, um, like central business district. Like, you know, it's not some big skyscraper city. There are a few buildings in a close proximity to each other, but dude named five European skyscraper cities. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. I guess, you know, it depends what you're looking for, but it's, uh, it's a very, very underrated, very chill, exciting place. You know, they have this great, huge water park, great clothing stores, good food, really good Tennessee food, but also healthy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> good food, but also healthy stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's great, man. Yeah, I got that'd be my three, which is funny because they're all in the southern, they're all southern states. <laughs> 
I got I got a few more questions about I think two more cities. Have you ever been to, to Chicago? You know, I have sadly never been, but I do know this thing about Germans and Chicago. Yeah, Germans love Chicago. What, do you know why why that is? You know, I don't know if it's just this. I don't know if it's the the vibe of the city or if there's like some if there's just something about the relationship with some old mayor or something. I have no idea, but I, I like most Germans that like to travel ha- have uh, have brought up Chicago a lot, like many 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 times. Um, you know, my my brother-in-law goes there or he ha- he went there a lot. I think uh Boise Mark Boyson went there. He loved it, and I, I just hear that a lot. Okay, I, so I, do you, I, did the, I did the. What do you find? I did a quick, a quick searching sessions. A quick, a quick uh, Google. Quick Google, and now I'm on a website which name you would really love. It's called ZeitgeistUSA.de, <laughs> and they write about Zeitgeist. Um, like um, that, there have been. Oh, there is a Hofbräuhaus house in uh, Chicago. See, there's something. There's like a relationship <laughs> between Germany um, and Chicago. I'm telling and, you. And what what they write is that there um, that um, many German immigrants to the to the U to the US have settled rather um, like more more northern, and that there mm-hmm. is a um Germans love their cold weather. <laughs> um there is a kind of a German district in Chicago still. That makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. I was wondering because it, it seemed way too obscure that there would just be some pretty random city in the states that Germans just flock to for no reason. No. You know, there has to be something like maybe why Spanish or French people go to New Orleans or something. There's like a lot of history and there's a lot of great things there to do for them, the language and stuff. But I didn't get why Germans liked why they dug Chicago so much. But now I get it. There's a German community there and they have a Hofbräu house. (laughs) (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Um, And and, um, yeah, yeah, shame on you for not for not visiting your brother in um, in Las Vegas. But have you been to Salt Lake Such City? Such a waste. They just moved there, okay. so I haven't been there yet. But you know what's interesting about Salt Lake City is that during Corona, or this is what my brother told me, that basically during the f- like the first six months or something, or maybe even still now, uh, pre-vaccine Corona, um, the real estate in Salt Lake City started blowing up because, or getting really popular because. Um, people who were living in cramped cities, let's say like New York, for example, um, you know, had nothing they could do. They could only sit in their tiny apartments, paying a lot of money every month. Some of them couldn't really work and, you know, ordering in, but there's nothing to do, nowhere to go. And they were getting kind of, you know, a lot of people were just looking for something else. Where, Where can I go where I can feel comfortable outside where I have some breathing room where I can move around a lot of like young families looking to expand, looking to try something new. 
And so Salt Lake City started started popping up and they were building a lot of new housing projects there, like the one that my brother is in, because Salt Lake City has a little bit of everything. A lot of Germans go to Salt Lake City to ski in the mountains there. Yeah, friends and, of mine who who are like um, professional ad- athletes more or less um, have been on training camps a lot in, in Salt Lake City and in what is called Park City. Which is Park City. That sounds right. It's yeah. kind of next Not, to next to Salt Lake City, yeah. And they have, you know, they have mountain yeah, like they have mountains for skiing, snowboarding, things like that. They have huge long um, you know, hiking trails, the forestry, lakes, a lot of nature. They also have more kind of breathing room. They have more space to build housing projects with gardens, with shared communal uh lawns, things like that. So my brother lives in a house that they built uh in a suburban stretch where like some houses um, share like a very large backyard together and it's very quiet. It's very open spaced from his balcony. You can see the mountains and it's, it's really cool. You know, it's, it makes a lot of sense that that would happen. And very luckily for them, my brother has a job that um, has relocated, has relocated him quite a lot. That's why he was in Vegas, why he was in Nashville. He was also traveling a lot on his own for a while, and then he, he then they moved together. But um, he can work there and be in this big open space for a while and kind of breathe, you know. And then their dream is to eventually go back to Nashville. But Salt Lake City really, um, really popped up in the last year because of Corona. It's kind of interesting how that works. But I, I, I ask about Salt Lake City because I think I really have a pretty biased view <laughs> on Salt Lake City and Utah because of because of Mormons because of the Mormons uh, yeah. Uh, yeah um I don't know if, if you can tell me tell me more about this but but I'm not sure what's this, the thing with it but um when you read or see stuff about Utah etc like documentaries etc it's always about about Mormons and how um how strong they are and their and the, the the religious influence on everything. So do you anything do you know anything about it how how it really is? Like is is this religion so strong that it really affects you when you go there? Uh, as far as I know from my brother, um it's it's of course it's very huge there and it's the 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 Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints is uh <laughs> Very large community there, of course, but as far as I can tell or what I've heard, it's not, it's not enough. Uh, it's it's not something that they're going to interfere with your private life. I, I don't think they're they're being badgered or something, but I just pulled up a quick Google because uh, I wanted to see something. And this little clip from americaslibrary.gov says the Mormons, as they were commonly known, had moved west to escape religious discrimination. Many Mormons died in the cold, harsh winter months as they made their way over the Rocky Mountains to Utah. When they reached the Salt Lake area, they saw it was remote and wild. And I think that's where they decided to settle down. Uh, There's, oh man, there's six and a half million Mormons in the U.S. That's crazy. I'm looking at it on, on Wikipedia right now. Yeah, there's six and a half million dude in the states alone. That's crazy. Fit, there's uh, almost two million in Mexico. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> I, thought they, I thought they were all Catholic in Mexico. That's crazy. 
But I don't know. Did you ever see the the South Park episode about Mormons? Yeah. <laughs> the jo- the Joseph Smith episode. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the best episode of that show. That's unbelievable. The one about Mormonism and the one about Scientology is just great. Yeah, but th- that's uh, but something I I, I I don't know why even because I mm, I don't think that much about like it is like the the relationship between a place and a common religion there. Um, when I think about about Utah and Salt Lake City, is it's a bigger thing for me than I don't know thinking about. Any anywhere else and religion except from from probably um, a few a few like um, heavy influence regions um, like 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 Israel and Palestine or something. But um, yeah, I don't know why it is it's such a big thing that um, that affects my and I think the 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 understanding of many people about this one city and this one region within the US probably because I don't know because you don't think so much oh yeah oh okay I see something a bit about a bit more um, detailed about why they went to Utah um, in 1844 reeling reeling from the murder of their founder and prophet Joseph Smith oh okay I didn't even know that he was murdered so in 1844 Joseph Smith was murdered the founder of Mormonism And, um, the, the Mormons were facing a continued mob violence in their settlement in Illinois. So I guess that's where they were settled and founded by Joseph Smith. He was murdered and the Germans did it. (laughs) The Germans did it. Yeah, (laughs) Settled. Close it out, guys. It was the Germans. And this is what you call a a church. We're going to build a Hofbräuhaus here. (laughs) <laughs> kick out this idiot who's talking about having magic glasses let's just drink some beer <laughs> so they threw their support behind a new leader called brigham young and two years later young led the mormons on their great trek westward westward <laughs> westward <laughs> westward through the wilderness 1300 miles through the Rocky Mountains, a rite of passage, as they saw as necessary in order to find their promised land. Okay. So they left on a trek to find their promised land. Young and 148 Mormons crossed into the Great Salt Lake Valley on July 24th, 1847. And for the next two decades, wagon trains bearing thousands of Mormon immigrants followed his western trail. And Utah was uh, granted statehood in 1896. By then, the church had 250,000 members. Crazy. All living in that promised land. Okay. And today, Utah is home to more than 2 million Mormons, or about one-third of the total number in the United States. Crazy. So wild, man. And what's the... What's the... So, um... The... Um, like the... The, the proportion what's the deal the, the proportion the deal? regarding <laughs> regarding mormons living in utah versus non-mormons do you know that well this yeah this should be easy to figure out let's see so how many mormons are in utah let's look at that first there's two million mormons yeah so let's say total population in utah 
Oh my God. <laughs> huh? 3.2 million. Okay. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> so it's like 75% of the people there. Yeah. Or more. Wow. That's a lot. Realistic is probably your brother and uh, and a few of and a few basketball players that uh, that play there. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's about it. <laughs> that's crazy. I had no idea it was that. Wow, I had no idea it was that many in Utah. Wild. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens with uh, with Bruce. Hopefully, he doesn't get converted. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess if they knock on your door enough. Um, I also mentioned one other city, and have you been to Boston? No, and I thought that was a super interesting choice from you. Why are you so uh, jazzed about Boston? Um, I just know Bill Burr. That's like I know there's like Ben Affleck, <laughs> Bill Burr, and that's about it. That's all I know. <laughs> um, yeah, this at Red Sox. <laughs> no, it as a. Originally, it it comes from from my passion about about sports, and I'm a big fan of two Boston teams, like the Celtics and the the Bruins. Mm, um, mm-hmm. I'm not into baseball, and I'm not to the day not really into football. Um, and then I don't know. I was like thirteen or fourteen, and a huge fa- fan of these. Of these teams, and then I thought, okay, I gotta do more, more research about the the city of the team that I am a fan of, and so I started to 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 search more about Boston and and what's going on there. What's the, what's the whole thing in Boston? And um, it really seems like a pretty nice city, like. Um, there are great universities around. There's um, a great job market. There's a, a lot of um, like um, like culture-wise, you can you can experience a lot because it's a rich city on on the east coast. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, so for you, it's all about sports. It's like it's not the sports all, teams led you to Boston. Yeah, like the the, 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 the sports teams made me look up. Um, what what Boston is like, and we still talk mm-hmm. about the stuff I could find on the internet, like I don't know, photos of of the city, like like documentaries about it, or whatever. Um, plus, um, plus, I think I, I really I really would like the kind of the um, yeah, like like Boston as a base regarding the 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 stuff you could do around Boston and the cities you could visit from Boston, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it could be pretty oh, nice. Yeah, I, I forgot the Wahlbergs I, are from Boston. Yeah, I'm just looking at the celebrities from Boston while I listen to you. <laughs> so, so for you, it's only the celebrities. <laughs> no, I was just like, okay, I know Bill Burr and Ben Affleck, but who else is there? I had no idea that, so Barbara Walters is from there, Donnie Wahlberg, but I imagine also Mark Wahlberg. Who cares about Donnie? Um, Rachel Dratch from SNL. Conan O'Brien, of course. Casey Affleck. Okay, Casey Affleck is awesome. Okay, David Ortiz, of course, that makes sense. Oh, Dennis Leary, Right. Matt Damon. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Duh. Ben Affleck. 
Mark Wahlberg, yes. Uh, Doug Flutie, who's number? Oh yeah, Bill Burr. Yeah, okay. So it's not. It's like 20, 20 big celebrities from <laughs> Go Red Hawks. Get in the car. <laughs> but that would that would be a funny category. But I think for 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 another episode to rate cities in the U.S. and in Europe regarding um, how many cele- uh, celebrities are from there. Like the, I think it's going to be a pretty heavy, the, pretty heavy California, New York scale. The there. big artsy fartsy immigrants celebrity city ranking. <laughs> the celebrity scandal <laughs> sensation. That's wild, man. Dude, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I was actually thinking about Philadelphia because it's also kind of a cool city to go to. I, you know, I've I've been there once before, and. I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever been there before, but I would really recommend it because I I don't know I really liked it. Um, I know that you you said before that you know we we had like a just a little moment just now off mic, but um, you said before that um, you had heard that from other people that it's kind of a cool city, and I think if Philadelphia, like. I think if you have a kind of a thing for tough cities, like if you enjoy this, if you find a kind of charm in tough cities, then I think you might like Philadelphia. Like I imagine that Boston's kind of a tough city. You know, some parts of New York are kind of tough and some people kind of dig that. And I think if you do, then Philadelphia can also be kind of cool. Um, I have a Philadelphia story, which is that when I was... Uh, when I was in college, I was with some friends and I don't know if we were driving to New York on this trip. I think so. But we, we stopped in Philadelphia, me and a few friends. And I think we stayed for, for two days and it was really fun. We met some nice people. We met this, we met this young dude named Stoops and I never learned his real name. And the first night was just getting settled, meeting a few people. Um, but the second night, the guy was, Stoops was like, he's like, yo, you, you gotta get like a real Philadelphia cheesesteak. That's like the, that's like the thing, you know, like New Orleans has the po' boy. Chicago has like the dog, the hot dog mm-hmm. and the deep dish pizza. And this is like the thing for Philadelphia is the cheesesteak. So we said, you really got to check this out. And I said, okay. So we got in his, uh, his, his SUV. It was like a Ford Explorer or something. And we were driving to there. There's kind of these, like there's two uh, places to get a Philly cheesesteak that are like the two most famous places to do it. And they're kind of competitors and they do different kinds of cheese. So there's one place that does this like heavy globby, hot Philly cheese and there's another place that does like, I think it's also kind of a liquid, but it's something different. And anyway, in Philadelphia, apparently you're either like this kind of place person or you're that kind no. of place person. There's like this, just, you know, this big dividing line. And so Stoops was the melted cheese person. So we got in the SUV and we were driving to the melted cheese, Philly cheesesteak shop. And he was looking for a place to park. And I remember this is when I first had this feeling like, this guy is really a Philadelphia guy. We were looking for a place to park. We saw a nice little spot to parallel park. 
He's backing the car in, and he gets really close to the back part, and then he just has to ease it up a little bit to the front part. And then, you know, normally, this parallel parking would have taken maybe three more full rotations of going back to front to back to front, but he didn't want to do that. So instead, he just rammed the back car like poof, and then spun it around him and, uh, poof, and hit the front car. And then he was in the spot. <laughs> and we all were sitting there kind of shocked like, oh my God, you just rammed these two cars. And then he just puts the car in park and turns the engine off and just goes, eh, that's what bumpers are for. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I, I know that kind of story from, 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 from um, a few cities. That's also something you get told when you go to Paris. I haven't been there. Um, like if you park your car, don't use your your hand brake. What do you call it? Yeah, like the hand brake, the, the emergency brake. Yeah, um, because if you if you if you let your your car if you if you let it loose and another guy parks and bumps you, you'll just roll for for a few centimeters. If you if you pull your hand brake, yeah. he'll crash you. That's so crazy that we have to let we have to keep our handbrake down so that cars can yeah. hit us. <laughs> kind <laughs> of a so funny crazy. But I have to ask you one thing, um, because obviously I know yeah. Philly cheesesteak and I have tried it, sadly not in Philadelphia, but um but I don't know if you know this this YouTube show that um it's it Dude, sorry, this is so wild. I'm not I'm I really didn't mean to cut you off just now, but I was I was like, I have to remember the name of this place. And I just went to Google and I said, I typed in two most and immediately my computer said famous Philly cheesesteak places. It just filled it in. Crazy. That's Next so level. wild. Yeah. And it's uh, Pat's is one place and Gino's and we went to Gino's. Okay. But do you know the, the YouTube show? They ended their final season now. Um, Fuck That's Delicious with Action Bronson. They ended the yeah, show, but you know it. I've seen some episodes. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. If you're if you to our listeners, if you um, call yourself a foodie or have a thing for delicious food, um, go watch that show. It's awesome. And they go to to Philadelphia and eat a, a Philly cheesesteak. And then there's this thing because around the corner from um, one of those two's Philly cheese. Um, steak places there is a, uh, a pizza place and i w- want to ask you the name of because of the of the of the meal because it seems to be a thing to get your your filled cheesesteak as, as a sandwich in one of um, the the place like what do you call it, genos or pets and then go around the corner mm-hmm. grab a big cheesy slice of pizza and wrap the philly cheesesteak sandwich in the pizza slice And they have a name for that. Oh they have a name for that. God. I forgot it. What do you call wrapping a Philly cheese steak in pizza? That's insane. <laughs> Philly cheesesteak wrap. Best Philly cheesesteak wrap. Philly cheesesteak. Uh, they just call it the Philly cheesesteak okay. wrap. That doesn't make any sense. It must be something else, guys. Come I think on. I've heard another name for that. But that's... There must there must and be I thought, a cool and slang. And I thought, okay, that. that's a pretty American uh, moment, like taking a sandwich which has a lot of meat and a lot of cheese on it, and wrap it 
in a within a pizza slice. Oh, it's the Philly taco. Yes, that's what they call it. It's the Philly taco. There it is. I just found <laughs> that. Twistedfood.co.uk. Uh, that's disgusting, but that sounds awesome at the same time. Uh, you know, that actually, that reminds me, I, I have my own pizza story, which I think is pretty cool. It's uh, when I took this trip up to New York to see my friend Chelsea, who's actually Emma's sister from before. Um, we went. We were in Long Island. I think that's where her mom was living at the time. And she said, uh, she said, oh, you have to come try this place. They do a cold cheese pizza. And I said, what's that? And she was like, well, just, just come with me. So we went to this shop on the street side and it was like this small sort of pizza diner place. And they had this window stand and I was looking at the slices. They had these pretty wide sort of Sbarro style slices. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Let me, let me just get one of the pepperoni ones. And he was like, do you want the, the cold cheese? And she's, she was there standing behind me, really nodding her head with her eyes open, like, yeah, 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 you want to do this. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure. So what they do is they throw the slice in the oven, take it out, and when the cheese and everything is really hot and steaming, they they take, you know, they have gloves on, and they, they take like a handful of room temperature shredded mozzarella from like the bucket next to the salad. And they dump a handful of it on top of the hot slice. That already has that, cheese like on a, it. Yeah. Yeah. Like a normal <laughs> melted cheese slice, like standard amount. And then they take a handful. That doesn't sound so A handful special. of like cool, cool <laughs> cheese on top, poof, on top, hand it to you. And then by the time you're starting your first bite, you know, like the little bottom shredded pieces are melting onto the hot pizza and the top part is still kind of cool. And then when you take a bite, it all just kind of meshes in your mouth in this really big cheese thing. It was like a, it was like a stone. Yeah. It was like a stoner's wet dream. I mean, it was just this, just this big ball of like gooey, ooey cheese and spice from the pepperoni. And I mean, it's nothing crazy special, but it was the, only place I knew that I've ever seen so far that sold pizza like that. So it's something. I don't need a place to sell pizza like that. That's what I do when I get home super drunk <laughs> at 3 a.m. and do like <laughs> take a pizza out of the freezer and put it in the oven. And I, I'm so drunk that I, drunk that I don't really um, put the, the oven oven on the, on the right on the right mode. And so the pizza comes out nearly cold and I put a little more cheese on it. And <laughs> Do you ever, um, what's the best like home drunk frozen pizza ingredients that you ever added on? You know, like you throw the frozen pizza in, but you always add something to it. Yeah. Um, uh, like what I always do is just like 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 basics, like like spices, um, a little oil and and fresh basil. Because I always have a fresh basil in my kitchen. Fancy. Um, that's the basics. <laughs> and I know so, sometimes I, yeah, sometimes I, I pimp it with, with like vegetables or something. Or if I, I don't know, I have, I have a, I have um, still a pizza in in, in the freezer. Um, and it's maybe a margarita, or what I usually buy as as frozen pizzas is uh, spinach, so with with spinach. Um, mm -hmm. And what you always can do is, if you have gorgonzola or any form of blue cheese at home, 
that always works out for me pretty good. Or um, working with Oberstorfi and Mountain Cheats or something. Oh, or if man. I have a good salami I, I got somewhere or something. Stuff like that is, is, um, is what I do. But I got... For the very end, after we have gone full circle from Emma to Chelsea and uh, came back to pizza, um, there's one great um, frozen pizza story. Um, And it did not happen to me, but I um, was part of it. Like my, my, I don't know, my flatmate in Oberstdorf, or I told you, basically my my brother who is not my... my, um, my my actual brother, but he lives with the family for a very long time yeah. now, and he's he's a specialist reg, um, regarding um, cooking when you come home drunk. So like <laughs> mini baguettes, <laughs> pizza, whatever. And he really really pimps out things, and he could really work in this cold cheese pizza place because he's like he he's got a bag of shredded cheese um, in the fridge. And he puts so much cheese That's on it awesome. that you think, okay, how can you, how can you even eat this? The problem is, he makes the pizza, and if he doesn't forget it in the oven, he takes it to bed, watches uh, uh, an episode of a sitcom, and snacks the pizza. And one night, um, I was like, I was around 18, I guess. And the in our neighbor's house, um, they uh, used to live friends at that time. And their balcony was on the same level as our balcony. And we even built a little kind of um, kind of um, rope transport between the between the balconies, etc. <laughs> That's cool. Um, like a gondola. It was super funny. And he, we had a big party and he made himself a pizza. And the next morning or better the next afternoon he was waking up he had a super bad hangover um and wanted to go over to have a coffee with our friends there in the other house on the balcony and i was downstairs and he came down and obviously he didn't change his clothes from the night before and he went out the door and i was looking at his back and didn't and was like okay what does he have on his back there and then i I don't know, that cannot be. And then I looked again and I was like, hey, Max, <laughs> you got a whole pizza on your t-shirt. Oh, no. And it's not falling down. So he put so much cheese on it that it got so sticky and then fell asleep oh on it. Oh, my God. That the next day around maybe 2 p.m., no. 3 p.m., the pizza was stuck on his back. <laughs> oh, my God, man. As he left the house. <laughs> oh my God, man. You know, it's stories like that that just remind you that you don't have it that bad. <laughs> you know? There's always somebody who did something way worse. Oh my God. That's amazing. And and it was like it was like in a sitcom because he was still um like when you had a bad hangover and you're still not, I would say that 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 quick yeah, in your you're head, kind of drowsy and, like, and like foggy. Yeah, and I was like, Max, go change your T-shirt. You got a whole pizza on it. And He was like, ha, 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 it's funny a good one. one, and was scratching his 
and was scratching his back, but above the 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 the, the part where I can't believe he didn't feel the weight of it like sagging. He did not. And I was like, okay, whatever. And he was like, and he was going and he was going further. And I was like, okay, whatever you think. And then like two minutes later, I heard the laughter of six people because he, (laughs) (laughs) he went up to our friend's balcony for a coffee. And obviously all of the other guys realized, Hmm, this guy has a whole pizza on his back. Oh my God, dude. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) Oh wow! And now I'm super hungry. By the way, okay, yeah, let's let's wrap it up. I'll let you go. Um, all right, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening to today's show. Like I said at the beginning, uh, please go to wherever you're listening to this show. If it's on iTunes, for example, you can go give us a rating or a comment or a review, and it really helps new listeners find our show. So if you enjoy what you hear, please help us out with that. It can help people like you find a show like this. Um, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash Jordan Prince and there you can, uh, for as low as $3 a month, you can support us there financially, help us save up for new gear, uh, maybe get us a pizza night like the story we just heard, get us a Philly, a Philly taco. <laughs> um, but that's where you can do that. Uh, we're trying to build up new listeners to where we can plan hopefully later this year for, um, for merchandise if it works uh, if, if people like you do it, then we can do it. So thank you so much for listening. And uh, Moritz, if they want to contact us, what should they do? They should slide into our DMs on Instagram where they, where people could also, where you could also follow <laughs> us at Artsy Immigrants. Or if you um, are not into Instagram because um, you believe in claims like this, I got a case for my AirPods with which says social media seriously harms your oh, mental wow, health. Oh, wow, it does say that on your AirPods. Then, wow. then you could send us an email to podcast at m945.de. That's right. So thank you so much, guys. Um, we're going to be back next week with more, and we wish you a lovely, safe, and loving Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. (laughs) Have a great weekend and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Look out, baby. The saints are coming through. And it's all over now. Baby Blue. Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. Ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider. Produziert für M94.5. Musik